Last week we started the sermon that I never did finish again. <laughs> so we were back in the things concerning eternity. <clears throat> Originally I entitled it A Hundred Years From Now. But last year, what will it matter in eternity? We looked at things that won't matter in eternity. Last week we looked at prestige and position, property and possessions or stuff, <laughs> um, <clears throat> power, pride, popularity, worldly pursuits and plans, pleasures and pleasantries, persecutions. In fact, persecutions in the early church put them out into eternity. <laughs> with the problems and privations we have. But today we look at the positive side of things, things that will matter in eternity. There are some things that, something, many things that will matter in eternity that can happen now and that we have decisions to make on now. And um, <clears throat> we need to take care of these things today because they're going to change our standing and our position in eternity. And so I think we should really give, give heed and ear to these and change our ways because they do affect things, particularly in the first thousand years of, it, of the beginning of eternity. Let's pray and ask the Lord to guide and direct our hearts and thoughts and and uh, the issues that might rise in our hearts that we might have issues with. You know, we might say, I, I, I take issue with that. Well, that's between you and the Lord, isn't it? And you need to deal with that. Between, that's between you and the Lord if you take issue with some of the things God says. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for each one that's been able to come today and for those that couldn't make it and have reasons of their own not to be here. Lord, we bring them before you and ask that you'd strengthen them and encourage them and Lord for those that are able to tune in and listen in today uh, be with them Lord and encourage them in the word in their faith and build us up that are here today Lord with all the things that are going on in this world and the discouragement we have the great encouragement of being your children and knowing that eternity is ours through what Jesus Christ has done for us 2,000 years ago Lord, that we have a home in heaven reserved, preserved, made for us because of the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray that we'd be encouraged and that we might be looking forward to that and that we'd set our eyes and affections on eternity. And Lord, bless the word as it is shared today. Be with those that are not well and can't be here physically ill Lord and strengthen their mortal bodies strengthen them spiritually as well and lift them up from their sick beds Lord and <clears throat> Lord we know that you're the one that has a healing hand and Lord you can if you will heal them and uh, Lord do that if it be your will and encourage them in their spiritual life Lord we all need healing spiritually 
We need to be right with you in our walk with you. Bless, Lord, the word as it goes out, not only here but in many places, the word is opened. Lord, I pray that worldwide that people might be drawn by yourself into your body, the church. That one day when that last person trusts in you, you will call your bride home and take us to heaven. Lord, we look forward to the day, and it may be in our day that this will happen. What a day it'll be. Bless us now through the ministry of the word. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Now, I've got glasses like some of you, and if you're wearing that mask, it fogs up. <clears throat> the only time I wore that mask in times past was when I was on a dusty job. And the curse of it was, when you had it on like that, and the dust would build up there, and then when you breathed out, it would just blow it straight into your eyes, all the dust, and then you'd have an eye problem. <laughs> And if you just didn't wear glasses, <laughs> but <clears throat> if you don't you have it this morning, it just blows the mist all up on your glasses and you, you need a defogger, don't you? <laughs> but anyway, I've had that all morning, a defogger, <laughs> demister. <laughs> Praise the Lord, we'll get through it. Just walk outside and you'll defog. <laughs> just stay here. <laughs> Things that won't matter in eternity. <laughs> you know what we won't have to do in eternity? wear a mask <laughs> no COVID there no government telling us what to do yes there will be <laughs> the Lord will be there and we will gladly say Lord yes I will <laughs> there will be no old nature saying no I won't in eternity um, <clears throat> there is the degree to which we are to obey isn't there Obey those that have the rule over you. Well, we're down here. And it's only when they tell us to disobey God's word that we uh, take exception to that. And so for those that don't want to obey, then they have to, uh, they're disobeying really what God has said. I'll leave it with you. <laughs> That's between you and God, isn't it? And <clears throat> our old man, you know, <laughs> rises up. Things that won't matter in eternity sorry things that will matter in eternity we're looking at this morning have you been pardoned you say oh, I'm not a criminal <laughs> well what does the Bible say read chapter 1, 2 and 3 of the book of Romans are you a spiritual criminal we all are for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God all have sinned. We are all, in God's sight, sinners. We all need salvation. And we all need to, as Acts 16, 11, or 31 states, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. And thy house. Uh, we need to be pardoned. For a person that has been pardoned by the government or by the judge... It is a great relief. Pardon mine iniquities, said the psalmist. In Psalm 25, verse 11, For thy namesake, O Lord, pardon mine iniquity, for it is great. And we ought to recognize that fact. 
that God needs to pardon our iniquity for us to be able to enter into heaven's glory. In Isaiah chapter 55, verse 6 and 7, we read, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found, call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return unto the Lord, and he, the Lord, will have mercy upon him, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon God will abundantly pardon the person that comes by faith to him. And so this will matter in eternity, will it not? That you have been pardoned by God for your iniquities. The only reason God will let us into his heaven is that you've been pardoned of your iniquities, that your sins have been cleansed through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Will that matter? (laughs) It'll matter for eternity. That determines if you go to hell or heaven, if your iniquities have been pardoned. It tells us in Micah chapter 7, verse 18 and 19. Who is a God like unto thee, who pardoneth iniquity and passeth by the transgressions of the remnant of his heritage? God pardoneth. He gives us a pardon because of what he has done for us through his son. The question is, have you accepted the pardon? Pardon not by some earthly court, but pardon by the court of heaven. Having received salvation, the gift of salvation from him. Pardon will matter. Secondly, peace with God will matter, will it not? And Romans 5 verse 1 tells us, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. That will matter for eternity. If you're not a Christian, you do not have peace with God. The peace is possible because of what Jesus Christ has done. If you're not at peace with God, you're at enmity with God. (laughs) You're an enemy of God because you're not a Christian. You're fighting against God. And if you die in that state, then you're always going to be the enemy of God. God wants you and I to be at peace with him. He's he's done all he can. (laughs) And you have to accept what he has done so that you might be at peace with him being justified by faith just as if you had not sinned justified by faith in what he has done and you then become at peace with God <clears throat> he's done what he's, he can that you might be at peace with him Romans eight thirty four. what is your life it's even a vapour that appeareth a little, little time and then vanisheth away You've got, that, you've got that time frame when you're alive and when you are able to understand what it is that you've done against God, that you recognize you're a sinner. You've got that time frame between then and death to be at peace with God, to make that peace with God by believing what he has done to make that peace and receive eternal security. Well, in Second Peter chapter 1 and verse 5, 
to 11, it speaks of that. Beside this, Peter said to the Christians, give all diligence, add to your faith, add to it. Christians, do this. And this is important. And this will matter for eternity. Add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge temperance, to temperance patience. These are the things that will matter in eternity. Down here we can make this difference. Virtue, knowledge, temperance, temperance patience, to to patience godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. He that lacketh these things, and he's talking to Christians, is blind and cannot see afar off, and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore the rather brethren, talking to Christians, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, ye shall never fall. Walk as a Christian, live as a Christian, grow as a Christian, live a sanctified life. This will matter in eternity. Have you ever been ashamed when somebody has turned up because you've been caught out? (laughs) You remember in the school class at school? When the teacher went out of the room and it was sort of quiet for a little while and the kids, then the noise started, the level started rising and, and then dusters started flying and, and aeroplanes started flying and, you know, yeah, yeah, I see, it happened, didn't it, in every classroom. And then you hear the footsteps coming down the hallway and everyone went quiet and everyone dashing back into their seats. Ah, you're caught out. <laughs> and little Tommy, he just didn't make it back into his seat. He's the one that copped it all. He was blamed for everything that was disrupted in the classroom. You know, one day the Lord's going to turn up and we're all, some people are going to get caught. And even the guys that got seated down and, and weren't caught out will be caught out because the Lord knows everything that everyone was doing, even if it looked like you were doing the right thing. The Lord knows. And these things needed to be added to our Christian life. Yeah. <laughs> you can't. Put it on. You can't do a facade with God. You can't do a whitewash with the Lord. He knows what's going on. These things will matter. You are you for real or are you not for real? You know, crocodile tears don't count with God. He knows. He knows. Praise the Lord. He does. Pressing on toward perfection will count. And sanctification. Second Peter, just <clears throat> where we are, chapter 3 this time, and verse 11. He's talking about the day of the Lord and the judgment that comes, will come. And he said, because of this, in verse 11, seeing then that these things, it's the world and will be dissolved, shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in all holy conversation and godliness. Seeing that this is going to happen. What manner of persons ought we to be? A few weeks ago we mentioned, you know, the buildings. All the buildings that builders are building. All the, all the things that we do in life are going to be dissolved. Seeing that that's going to happen. 
What sort of people ought we, ought we to be? In all holy living and godliness. That will matter. It's not the things, it's the attitude, it's the actions of the Christian, it's the character and nature you live like as a Christian and you have and put on that matters. They will matter. Verse 14 repeats almost the same thing. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that you look for such things, be diligent that you may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless. Without spot and blameless. Seeing that that's going to happen, then this is the behaviour you ought to have. These things will matter. These things will matter. When you have visitors coming around, what matters? If I ask the wife of the house, the lady of the house, if you've got visitors coming around, what matters? Naturally. (laughs) Have a clean house. Well, at least the lounge room and the dining room get cleaned. And all the other, if you can't get the rest of the house, the doors get closed. So if you go to someone's house, they've invited you around... Be very polite and don't open the doors that have been closed. (laughs) They're closed for a reason. (laughs) That's the junk room. I remember the junk room in the old farmhouse was where all excess furniture was stored. I know which room it was. (laughs) And and that was the room our three boys went into and we built cubby houses on a wet day with all the junk, well, (laughs) excess furniture there. You just don't open the door. But... You know, God wants the whole house to be inspectable, you could say. When, when we have the Lord come visit us, our house should be ready for inspection. And if you're going to sell your house, how many rooms are going to be ready for inspection? All of them. You know, you have that day when they come for open house, that's it, open house. And you come, people walk through and they look at every, every house and the, our agent tells you what to set up, what stuff to take out in the shed <laughs> so that it's all, you know, it's presentable. Well, we need to be, have our mortal house presentable to the Lord at all times without spot and blameless, ready for inspection. <laughs> ready for inspection. And, and I say... Today is a day that it ought to be ship-shape every day because we are so close. I mean, what's happening today, you wouldn't think it would have happened before the Lord come. That's what, that's how I, that's what I think. This is, this is preparation time for a, a time that's still into the future somewhere. But it's got the world ready on its toes, ready for a future time. And it's, and it's all laid out and how it's going to happen in the future. <laughs> and you can see the world saying, yes, sir, and we'll go right along with it. Financially, physically, everything ready to go. Well, <clears throat> press toward perfection, live a holy life, live a sanctified life as you see the day approaching. Ready for inspection, Lord. Come at any time. (laughs) Priorities. What's our priorities? Well, we've shared the one from Colossians recently. I think it might have been even last week in Colossians 3. If you be risen with Christ, 
Seek those things that are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above and not on things of the world. Now, yes, we have to take care of the things. There's business down in the world we need to take care of. We need to work, as the Bible has said. We need to provide for our needs. So <clears throat> there are, but there are the biblical priorities. We are, as we are working, we are to be testifying. We're to be living as an example of Christ to those unsaved people. <clears throat> Seek those things that are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand. And what about our Bible reading of this morning in Matthew chapter 6 that Brother Bernie read there? <laughs> Lay up for yourselves treasures not on Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust does corrupt. Thieves break through and steal. Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. That We mentioned that one also <clears throat> in verse 33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And so these things will matter in eternity. These things are the things that the Lord will ask on judgment day. What did you do? What did you do with the time I gave you? What did, I, what did you do with the talents I gave you? What did you do with all the things I gave you? That They will, folks. They will matter. And, and you, you might say, well, he won't have time to ask me all of those questions because there's millions of other Christians he'll be asking the same questions. <laughs> you see, time will be different then. We've got a perspective of time because we're humans. But in eternity, time will be different. I know that because it says in the scripture, time will be different. Where does it say that? One year is a thousand days and a thousand years is the other way around. Anyway, <laughs> that's it. it and, and, and it'll be like, one day is a thousand years. That, that's the judgment. <laughs> one day is a thousand years. And you know when you don't you want time to go quick and it doesn't? And that, that'll be the judgment. <laughs> you know, get this over with. This is just taking too long. If you've ever been in a court of judgment, you just want it over and done with. And the Lord will go through all these things individually. And, and, and I've, I've done it with you before, I think, if... If the judgment is for the seven years of tribulation while the church is in heaven being judged at the beamer seat of Christ and you start working out how many Christians could be there being just taking the minimum of 2,000 years of Christians and all those that are raptured at the rapture you, you work out it's only about three quarters of a second for everyone to be judged. That three quarters of a second is for you, three quarters of a second for me. We say, well, that'll be good. All over and done with, the whole life. Yeah, but that'll, be, that'll feel like a thousand years. <laughs> like a thousand years. Because, yeah, we're not going to get away with it that easy. <laughs> the judgment will be issued. And what priorities did we have? How did we spend the time? You see, it's going to happen. <laughs> How can I overemphasize the fact, the truth of the matter, the scriptural teaching of it? Perseverance. Perseverance will matter. 
how we persevere down here, how we endure things. Look at some of these references. If you, if you don't want to look, just listen. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 4, it says, so, we, so that we ourselves glory in you in the churches of God for your patience and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations that ye endure. We need to endure tribulations. Now, the Thessalonians had a lot more tribulations than we have. You know, people get all upset. We have, we have to wear a mask. Mine's gone. I don't know where it's gone. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I've thrown it away, have I? Oh, good. It's, I, I, I am wearing it, government. Virtual <laughs> <coughs> Yeah, that sounds good. Let's have a virtual mask, like virtual fences and virtual everything. But you think that's a tribulation, do you? You read the book of Revelation. I heard the SDAs this week trying to say the tribulation's already happened. And Daniel 9 is already all done. I thought, you, you got it messed up real big time. <laughs> big time. <laughs> it's nothing like that has ever happened. <laughs> the population of the world, just with one event of 200 million men, wasn't even 200 million people back then. How can you say that's happened? Anyway, we'll leave that one. Tribulation. <laughs> Tribulation. We need to face and, and think of the early church and think of it for 300 years. The early church suffered tribulation, martyrdom, being thrown to lions and beasts and bears in front of an auditorium, um, not auditorium, um, uh, Colosseum, where they were all cheering it on like sports stadiums today. The beasts were let loose and the spectators were cheering them on while they were being torn to shreds. The Christians were being torn to shreds. That's what tribulation is. Not wearing a mask. Not being told you've got to do this or that. And they did not deny the faith. They suffered that sort of thing. And much worse than that. In the rack, the rack and the things that some Christians, and one Christian, one person here told me once, you shouldn't be giving the Fox's Book of Martyrs out to Christians and to young Christians. That'll affect them mentally. You, you need to give it out to them to, show, to tell them that this is the reality of what it could get like and is like in some parts of the world today. Because Christians are suffering. It may come to our country and it will be in the tribulation for those that believe hardness we need to persevere under hardness under tribulations second timothy chapter 2 and verse 3 it says there thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of jesus christ so we're to endure tribulations. Secondly, endure hardness. This will matter in eternity. As a good soldier, endure hardness. Face the battle. 
endure in those terrible times as that you face the hardness and the pressure is on and on and on <laughs> that keeps coming don't quit it's easy to walk away and abandon the ranks but don't quit endure the hardness in second timothy chapter 2 and verse 10 just down a bit therefore i endure all things for the elect's sake that they may also obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. And Paul said, for other people's, the elect's sake, he endured all things. (laughs) You think of Paul. Can anyone think of some of the things that he endured for other people's sake, that they might too be saved? Shipwreck three times, a night and a day in the deep didn't know if that thing that rubbed on you was a great white (laughs) shark or what it was cold (laughs) nakedness and then when he went and put a log on the fire a serpent jumped out and bit him it was he got warmed up probably with the fire (laughs) and latched onto him and the heathen thought (laughs) well he got his desserts he must have been a bad man and he shook it off and didn't die and then then they thought he was a god well make up your mind but all these things are beaten whipped he endured all things. Why did he do it? People, why are you doing that? Just recant and live a normal life. No, I do it because there's people that need to know the Lord Jesus, that need to be brought to a knowledge of the Lord Jesus. And, and we are afraid to speak about the Lord Jesus to unsaved people around us, to our neighbours. That's not enduring much, is it? <laughs> I endure all things, Paul said, for other people. Perseverance faithfulness and continuing how soft we've become in the western world in chapter 4 of second timothy and verse 3 these are little bits you can pick out and see as you put them all together chapter 4 verse 3 for the time will come when they will not endure what is it here sound doctrine Uh, have we reached the day when The church is not enduring sound doctrine. We're there, aren't we? We are there. Take your pick today. It's coming in left, right and centre from all places, all sorts of doctrine, questioning this, questioning that. And when you hear of it and you you try to think through what they're thinking, you can't even get their drift. Sound doctrine has been given up for somebody's thought on it what's really concerning today is that very thing this is what i think let's have a discussion about this verse it's not thus saith the lord anymore it's what i think this verse says and what this person thinks i'm not going to say what this brother thinks i what this person thinks that's what i'm going to say now what this person thinks what this person thinks and then okay let's come to a consensus on this well how there, how can there be a consensus when everybody's got their own thoughts on a verse you know the bible says this comparing scripture with what scripture not with his thoughts and their thoughts it's scripture with scripture you come to the truth of the word of god Sound doctrine has been deserted in droves for the doctrines of men. 
Affliction, chapter 4 of 1 Timothy and verse 5. You see, this is written to a young preacher trying to keep him on track in his life. Paul told Timothy these things, 4 and verse 5. But watch thou in all things, endure, endure what? Afflictions. Well, tribulations, hardness, all things, sound doctrine, and Paul said afflictions. Endure afflictions. Timothy knew, Paul knew Timothy was going to face afflictions. And if you go back to Hebrews, Hebrews 12 and verse 7. If ye endure, <laughs> what's this one? We don't like this one either. <laughs> this is what will matter in eternity. Endure what? Chastenings. Chastenings. We come so soft today when the Lord disciplines us, what do we do? In fact, we've been told in our society today we shouldn't discipline the children anymore because it'll affect their, their mental status. You know, what will, what will affect them is not disciplining them. They won't have character anymore. They won't learn to hear someone say no to them. And no, you're not allowed to say that anymore either. No, no. Don't say no. <laughs> Just let them go. <clears throat> what does the Proverbs say? Sin is bound in the heart of a child and the rod of correction will drive it from him. That's what God has said. That's what God has said. I think that settles the matter. And you can read all the other verses that talk about that. God has said, if you are without chastisement, in verse 8, you are illegitimate or bastards. That's what the word is in the scriptures. You're illegitimate children. And God is not going to have that sort of child in his kingdom. And we need to endure chastening. But we've become so soft as a society, so soft as a people, and so soft as Christians, when we as, we as a Christian are disciplined, we go off in a sulk and we're not coming back. We don't want anything to do with the Lord Jesus or we don't want anything to do with that church or, or that preacher or that parent because they have disciplined me. I'm divorcing them. I'm leaving them. Well... That's the way you want to go. This will matter in eternity if you've walked off from the Lord because of that reason. It's sad, but you'll be, you'll be accountable for what you have done in your reaction to what the Lord has done in your life. 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 19. It reads there... <clears throat> For this is thankworthy if a man for conscience toward God endure grief. This is a sermon in its own, this endurance one. <laughs> endure grief. And uh, we will go through times of grief. And when we think of grief, we think of death. We think of something we've lost. But we do go through grief. And... We are to endure that. It's thankworthy if a man for conscience toward God endure grief, 
Sometimes we might lose friends, we might lose substance, we might lose, lose things and we endure grief, suffering wrongfully. It's not right what you've suffered, but if we endure that grief and we remain faithful, that will matter in eternity. In chapter 4 and verse 12 to 14 of the same book, First Peter, we read this. <clears throat> Be beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as some strange thing happened to you, but rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's suffering, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad with exceeding joy. If you endure, you will be glad you did. That's what God's word said. And, and for an older person, you've not got long to endure it. For a younger person, you might have longer. <laughs> but the older person has endured it for a while longer than you. So keep on enduring. Stay faithful. Stick at it. Don't quit. <laughs> and <clears throat> there's another one that we all do face in life. It's James chapter 1 and verse 12. Blessed is a man that endureth temptation. Who's not been tempted this week? In some way, you know. We've all got our points of temptation. Some have it hard in one area and others in another area. We've all been tempted. Maybe yours is chocolate. Maybe in others is, is coffee. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, there's, a, there's a multitude of temptations. Maybe yours is the screen, the phone. I haven't got it on me. Yeah. I was walking in the coals yesterday. Last night, just walking in and stop, sir. What? You didn't do the thing. Mm. <laughs> I was tempted to say something. <laughs> I had my mask on. <laughs> I thought that was good enough. But walking to supermarket, you have to do that. Okay. I didn't have my phone, so I had to sign in. <laughs> I haven't got it. <laughs> <clears throat> and I thought, oh, I have to do that at church, don't I? <laughs> but anyway, you know, you're tempted to react <laughs> when, when asked a question to do something that, hmm, rightio, mm hmm. And I, I think Coles have got into trouble for not having people sign in. <laughs> people just all walking in anyway. And <clears throat> are we in a red zone or something? That's why we got oranges here today, is that right? <laughs> Orange day. <laughs> Are we in Ireland? Orange and green. I don't know. <laughs> Let's not make a joke of it. <laughs> but temptation, the temptations today are multitude and everywhere. You need to be watching out because the devil's, <laughs> he's out there and he's looking for an opportunity to bring us down and to tempt us and of the whole multitude of things in which ways we are tempted. Patience. What will matter in eternity is if we have patience, like the Lord Jesus in the book of Hebrews. It's, it reads in chapter 12, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witness, let's lay aside every weight and sin that does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience. The race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, let us 
have patience folk <laughs> and let us plough, prepare and plant just like the farmers have been doing or have already done if they've done, not done it they're too late <laughs> they've ploughed no, no they haven't ploughed because <laughs> they don't plough anymore they poison <laughs> they poison how many hours before you plant Matthew yeah, it depends on what you're poisoning. And, uh, and then they, they plant direct drill <laughs> into, the, into the paddock in the grass after it's been sprayed. Let's, let's say spray. Sounds better than poisoning, doesn't it? <laughs> Plough in a drum, they call it poisoning. Ploughed in a drum, yep, and then planted. But they've done the preparation and we need to be, and, and this is what we will matter in eternity, if you've been ploughing, planting, and sowing seed. <clears throat> we have the ministry of reconciliation where we go out and plant the seed. We've been sowing and reaping. And maybe we should leave this for a whole other sermon, but listen, listen to the Bible as you go through the New Testament. How many sermons, how many times did Jesus talk about this sort of thing in the Gospels? Can you think of some thoughts of where we are to be doing this? Is there a parable about this? There is. Seed and the sower. A whole message, a whole chapter given to that and the interpretation. Matthew 13. Did Paul talk about that? I have planted, Apollos has watered, God has given the increase. Sowing and reaping, he talked about in Second Corinthians. Daniel talked about it, that, they, <clears throat> that those that have turned many to righteousness will shine like the stars forever. <laughs> sowing, ploughing, or ploughing, sowing, and preparing, planting the seed. It's important that to bring forth fruit unto God, this will matter in eternity. Uh, the Lord said it will matter. The Bible tells us about that, that we will receive a full reward in eternity, where we will hear the Lord say, as in Matthew, Well done, you good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. What will matter more probably than anything else is people in eternity. People. Think of family. They're people, are they not? The song we sing, we've got it on overhead. Will the circle be unbroken? The family circle in eternity. The family. Wouldn't it be great if your family, your children, your grandchildren and great-grandchildren in that circle and your mum and dad and your grandparents were all there in heaven? Wouldn't it, wouldn't it be wonderful? <laughs> but it's not going to be so in almost most cases. Not all of them will be there. But people will matter in eternity. I, I've sort of imagined when we get into heaven, we'll be, you know, it's like little, little Eden. Little Eden, when, when she comes into church here, she, she looks, she doesn't look at the chairs, and the, she looks at, People's faces, boom, 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 boom. <laughs> I just noticed she does that. She's looking at people. 
Little children do that, don't they? And Joanna does that too. Just doing, doing, doing. <laughs> and I think when we get to heaven, we'll be doing, 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 doing. <laughs> Uncle Joe, Uncle, you know, <laughs> Auntie, Grandpa, <laughs> Grandma, Grandpa, Grandma, Grandma, a few of them. <laughs> and then, where's the Uncle James? I mean, great, great Grandpa James. Yeah, he visited all the houses in Dandenong handing out leaflets. He must be here somewhere. Never met him, but he must be here. <laughs> and what's the other one? Louisa. Yeah, <laughs> great, great grandma Louisa. <laughs> She's here somewhere. And I'm going to ask her about her parents too from Bendigo. <laughs> the, yeah, I want to know about them. <laughs> but we will be looking around at the people. Are they here? Are the family here? And the children we have, and the grandchildren, are they here? I pray that they will be. That, that, that's what will matter when we get there. It won't be, is my new car here? <laughs> because it won't be there. Is my house here? Is my new, what did you just buy lately? Is it here? Because it won't be there. <laughs> you won't need it there. Really, that's what it's going to be like. But <coughs> friends, friends you've talked to, will they be there? That's what we. I wonder if they believed after they left me and we never had much contact. I think of them at school, the ones I talked to. I, I, I'm not going to say it over here, they might be listening. <laughs> I can name names, and I've recently heard about them. Maybe I should have visited one of them in Perth. I didn't think of that. But will they be there? I know that one <laughs> That one said of me, before I even thought of becoming a pre pre preacher, that's what you're going to be. <laughs> when I was in, high school, in technical school, that's who you're going to be. He's almost like a prophet. I didn't, I didn't even think of that. Because he could see me interested in people. I think, at that time. But friends and people and family and fellow, fellowship. Folk. <sighs> there are Christians that we have broken fellowship with because of reasons we shouldn't have broken fellowship with. You know what? They're going to be in heaven. What's the first thing you're going to say to them? Sorry. We should have worked it out down there. But we didn't. We sh it, it shouldn't have happened. Wouldn't it be better to get it worked out now? Take a back seat, humble ourselves, and get it right with the Lord? Children with their parents, parents with their children, Christians with Christians. Read First John chapter 1 about the fellowship. And last of all, <clears throat> I've, I've rushed through without looking up the verses that we have here, but what will matter in eternity, and this is the priority, the person of the Lord Jesus. The person of the Lord Jesus. And I, I know I've said you'll be looking around for faces, and you'll be, you know, but the first person that we will see will be the Lord Jesus. We sing the song Face to Face.
don't we? Face to face we shall behold him. <clears throat> the Lord Jesus Christ. First Thessalonians 4.17 Caught up to meet the Lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Never to be parted again. First John 3.2 When we see him we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is. You see, folks, what I'm trying to do with this sermon, the second part of this sermon, the first part last week, is to make us see where we should be putting our emphasis in life. What will matter in eternity? And so let's start adjusting our perspective and where we should be putting our emphasis, where we should spend our time, our talent, and our money, our time, our tithe, if you'd like it, for a tea sake. Let's put it in the right place. There was <clears throat> a daily bread many years ago had this in it, 20 years ago. When we give ourselves to Christ, it may seem to people as if we're throwing our life away. But he said that it is only as we lose our lives in him that we find true life, Matthew 10:39. Jesus teaches us to measure our lives by losses rather than gains, by sacrifice rather than self-preservation, by time spent for others rather than time spent lavished upon ourselves, by love poured out rather than love poured in. It's a rule of life. God blesses those who give of their lives and resources. 2 Corinthians 9.6 Give out the truth you know and he'll give you more to give away. Give your time and you'll have more to give. Set no limit on love, and you'll have more love for others than before. Israel's wise man said, There is one who scattereth, yet increaseth more. It's one of the oldest paradoxes in the world, but it works. We lose what we on ourselves will spend. We have as treasure without end Whatever we Lord, whatever Lord, to Lord you we lend. Life is too short to remember slights or insults, to cherish grudges that rob me of happiness, to waste time in doing things that have no value, to let past sins or mistakes cloud future happiness, to miss making friends because I'm too busy making money, to give my youth to the devil and my old age to God, to dream of tomorrow when I never may have one, to put off making a confession of Christ right now, to amend broken fellowship with fellow Christians. Exercise forgiveness today. Life is too short to waste it on trivial matters folk what will matter in eternity let's pray thank you Lord for your word really challenge our hearts Lord because reality is going to strike home real soon one day for all of us because death is coming the grave is coming but you are coming too Lord and we all will face our maker
and we will answer to him as our judge. May we make decisions that are appropriate for our situation, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.